Well, good morning. God bless you all for being here today. Bless those who uh, went on this wonderful trip to visit our brothers and sisters in Brazil. Uh, I got a, a message from pastor saying that uh, things in Sao Paulo are, are great, um, that they have recorded the, the first message, and it is available to the network uh, online. I'm not sure if that's Facebook or the archive, but go out there and take a look, and if you can't find it, let us know, and, and we'll try to get a link out to you. But it is available if you want to watch the ministry going on in Sao Paulo. This morning, the, uh, the team is going, or went, maybe they're doing it right now, uh, to, to downtown to minister um, with a, a pastor there that ministers in the streets. Um, then seminar will continue this afternoon and tonight. And speaking of tonight, we will be praying for uh, Brazil, so there will be no prayer class, but please come and pray with us as we continue to lift them up in prayer and um, continue to just invite the presence of the Lord there in Brazil. So far, they've ministered to uh, roughly 50 pastors who are just hungry for the ministry there and, and for the presence of God, uh, which is all great. One final uh, announcement. Um, we wanted to let our, our church family know that we have lost a, a dear sister. Uh, Wendy Pipkins has passed away this past Saturday. Um, so we, I don't have any more information beyond that, but if you are looking to get more, please contact Ruby at the church office. And whenever we do find out, uh, obviously we can pass that along. Um, but our condolences and our prayers are going out to the family there, so please be in prayer for them, uh, Joel and his sister. Uh, I know that, that she was struggling for a while physically, and, um, and I don't know if this came as a shock to them, but I know it is very heart-wrenching, heartbreaking for them. But um, please keep them up in prayer. We, you know that she was a wonderful saint, is a wonderful saint. She is with the Lord now, and um, we're, just, we're happy that uh, she is resting with her Father uh, in heaven. So bless that family, Father. All right, then we'll go ahead and get started here. It's interesting the way that the Lord um, orchestrates these messages and the testimonies and the worship. Um, you know, there's times when, when Kelly, for worship, will ask me, you know, what is it that you're preaching on? And, and so I'll tell her, it's just kind of where I think I'm going, or this is the title of my message. But, but I'm not preaching the message to her beforehand. And, and it's amazing how uh, with just that little bit of information, the Spirit just kind of leads her and the rest of the team in song and in, and in prophecy about the things that we're going to talk about. Um, you know, th this morning's testimony goes right along with the, the things that the Lord has put on my heart to preach on. So each of you should have a, a teaching sheet. We'll post this online. Um, uh, a little bit later, I, I apologize, I hadn't had a chance to get it all together. Uh, in fact, I struggled with this message because, you know, you want to come up here and obviously give it your all, give it, give it 100%. And, and that means praying, that means getting into the Word, that means really diving deep into what you feel God is saying. And there's times when, uh, as you're doing that, you feel like the Lord is just silent. You know, he, he's not speaking to me, or is, is this the right message, or, um, you know, is this deep enough? These, these are saints of God. These are people that are 
in the trenches. These are people that, that study the word, um, and I'm going to give them this message here. Is it, is it meaty enough for them? And, and so I, I struggle with these things, and, and there's times when the Lord will give me uh, a message that, that is just full-fledged. Here's everything that I want you to say, and, and the study is super easy, and I'm going through it, and, and, and things are just being highlighted in my spirit as, as I go through it. There's other times when the Lord will just give me uh, a phrase or a scripture uh, or a situation, and, and, I, and that's all I get. And so I have to go and study and look for it and, and battle all the things that are going on in my life with, with, the, with the scripture, and that's kind of how this one came to be. I had one scripture that I was thinking about, one thing that I would, that, that my spirit just would not let go of, and, and so I began to study around it, started looking into it, um, and, and I was, I don't want to say I was concerned, but I knew that there was a, a, a check inside of me saying, is this the right thing? Um, but I wanted to be faithful. I knew that it was from the Lord, and so I, I started to study and, and write it all down. And uh, again, it's just amazing how the Lord brings all these things together. And, and what I want to talk to you about this morning are, I was doing a word study on the word um, sound mind. And, and it comes from the scripture. It's, it's way deep on the third page there, um, 2 Timothy 1, 6-7. We're going to read it again later, but I'll read it again right now. And it says, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance, that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in you by the putting on of my hands. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of a sound mind. And, and that's the word sophronismos. It, it, it was in my spirit, and, and I, I would just, I could not let it go. I just kept thinking about that scripture. And so I started down the road of, of looking at power, dunamis, and love, agape. And, and I said, surely these two words are found elsewhere in scripture together. And I'm going to go down this trail of power and love. And, and lo and behold, this is the one time in Scripture where dunamis and agape show up together like this. And, and so that kind of deflated that whole idea. But then I began to look at that last word, the sound mind. Um, and, and the Lord just began to take me down this path of um, thoughtfulness, mindfulness, being able to watch, be sober. So we're going to start here in Mark chapter 14, verse 32, um, with the word watch. And they came to a place which is named Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, Sit ye here while I shall pray. And he took with him Peter and James and John and began to be sore amazed and to be very heavy. And he said unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful unto death. Tarry ye here and watch. And he went forward a little and fell on the ground and prayed that, if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible to you. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou wilt. And he came and found them sleeping and said unto Peter, Simon, Sleepest thou? Could you not watch one hour? Watch ye and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. The spirit truly is ready, but the flesh is weak. The word for watch here in this passage is, it's right there for you in case you want to study it some more yourself, but it's the word Gregorio. And it literally means to keep awake, or to watch, to be vigilant, to be mindful, to be awake, to give uh, strict attention to, to be cautious. Uh, it, it's basically a word that means look around you, watch what's happening, be vigilant, and be careful of all the things that are going on. 
this word is used in varying degrees throughout scripture. We're going to look at some of these. Um, but I think it's important to note uh, when we talk about this word, what's going on in our lives today? What, what are the things that we are facing that we need to be watchful for? And, and that's why I say I love the, the testimony that came out this morning because it's that type of situation that really exemplifies what's going out there on this world. Just, just the nuances of how the enemy is trying to infiltrate our Christianity, our love for God, the agape, and, and how this, this world is now in a place where everything is acceptable. We need to be watchful. So let's look at Colossians 4, chapter, uh, chapter 4, verse 2. Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. With all praying also for us that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in bonds, that I may make that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. I thought this was an interesting scripture in light of what's going on in Brazil. You know, when I think about pastor leaving, um, I, I, I akin it to um, my boss going off, right? And, and I'm here at, at this place doing whatever it is that we do. And, and when my, my, at work, my boss is not there. He actually lives in Chicago. He travels a lot. So every once in a while, he'll come to the Dallas office. But he's actually not there with me. Um, whenever we have a, a boss, an individual that's not watching us, it's interesting to see how people react to that. Because everybody's got work to do, but the boss is gone. So is the boss going to reprimand you for not doing the work right then and there? That's when we tend to play catch-up, right, and do it at the last minute. The, the idea that someone is not there watching you, making sure that you're doing the things that you're supposed to be doing, um, is, is prevalent throughout. It, it is especially prevalent in the workplace. Um, it's, it's not so prevalent here at the church because, obviously, this is a week-to-week type endeavor. But when I think about pastor leaving uh, on these trips, you know, it's very easy for us as Christians to kind of sit back and say they are off doing their ministry. They're the ones out there working, uh, and, and we're just here at this church, and we're just watching. We're waiting for the report to happen. And, and I know, obviously, not everybody thinks that way, um, because what we should be thinking is we need to gird them up. We need to be praying for them. We need to be watching and making sure that, that as the enemy tries to sneak in, that, that we are preventing those things through our intercession and through our prayer. It's very easy for when the cat's away for the mice to play, right? This, these scriptures, as we begin reading them, I want you to recognize that, that they are a calling for us to be mindful of the things that are going on in the spirit, regardless of who's here and who's not here. Let's look at Luke chapter 12, verse 31, but rather seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell that you have, and give alms. Provide yourselves bags which wax not old, a treasure in the heavens that fails not, where no thief approaches, neither moth corrupteth. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Let your loins be girded about and your lights burning, and you yourselves like unto men that wait for the Lord when he will return from the wedding, that when he comes and knocks, they may open unto him immediately. Blessed are those servants whom the Lord when he comes shall find watching. Verily I say unto you that he shall gird himself 
and make them sit down to meet, and will come forth and serve them. And if he shall come in the second watch, or come in the third watch, and find them so, blessed are those servants. And this know, that if the good men of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched, and not have suffered his house to be broken through. Be ye therefore ready also, for the Son of Man comes at an hour when you think not. I find it interesting also, as we've looked at these first three scriptures here, that prayer, seeking the kingdom, is a big part of watching. That when we watch, it is because we are in intercession, it is because we are seeking the kingdom, it's because we are in supplication and prayer for the things that God wants us to do. Look at 1 Thessalonians 5. But of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they shall say, Peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. You are all children of the light, and the children of the day. We are not of the night, nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch, Gregorio, and be sober, Nepho. We'll talk about that in a second. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. So as I'm studying this, this word, watch, um, this other word, nepho, begins to show up. And it means, it means to be sober. So it's on the second page, nepho, um, to abstain from wine. It literally means to abstain from wine, to be discreet, to be sober, to watch, to be calm and collected in spirit and temperate um, and circumspect. So it's, it's the same idea, but this one has to do with drinking of wine. I, I have struggled um, in the past with, with this idea of alcohol because obviously we, it, as Christians, we, we, get, we are raised with this idea that alcohol is bad, that, that if you drink, that you're going to go to hell. Um, thoughts around that have changed over the last few years, over the last decades. Um, thoughts of alcoholism and drunkenness. And, and Kelly, uh, very appropriately so, told my testimony during the seminar about why I don't drink. And it's not because I believe that drinking will send you to hell. It's not because I believe that if you drink alcohol that there is something wrong with your spirit. So when I talk about wine, specifically here in these instances, I want you to understand that it's not about the alcohol, that, that even though it literally means to drink wine, more than anything, what it's talking about is this idea of consumption and taking on something that is not good for your spirit in, in these masses of amounts of quantities, right? This could be video games for some people, television for some people, the internet for other people. It, it's whatever is um, detrimental to your spirit in these circumstances. So when it says be sober, it's literally talking about something that you are consuming too much of. And in that day and age, obviously they didn't have the internet. They didn't have TV. For them, it was wine. It was their escape from reality. 
And when they escaped from reality, they were unable to watch. This idea of drunkenness is this concept of you are, you are taking so much of that wine inside of yourselves that you lose your faculties. You lose this, this concept of your brain, your mind, being able to discern the good and evil, being able to be aligned correctly into the things that it's supposed to be doing. So this word nepho is talking about this idea of being sober, of not drinking all of that wine in order for you to be temperate. And let's look at 1 Peter 5.8. Be sober, nepho, be vigilant, gregario, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. So for me, it was never about the wine. It was never about the alcohol. It was about the perceptions that people had uh, of drinking, of alcoholism in my life, uh, specifically my family members and the way that they consumed beer, wine, um, hard liquor, whatever you want to call it. But this also means for, again, some people, the TV, internet, whatever. Look at 2 Timothy 4. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will, not, when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned into fables. But watch thou in all things. Be sober in all things. Endure afflictions. Do the work of the evangelist. Make full proof of your ministry. Look at 1 Peter 1. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance, but as he which has called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. You know, the other day I was playing video games and it, it was a particularly violent video game having to do with uh, warfare. It, it was, you are a, uh, a soldier, you're out in, this, um, in, in, in the Middle East, and you're going off and you're fighting bad guys, right? It, it was the type of video game that tries to be as realistic as possible, tries to get you into the mode, uh, tries to help you understand what it is that soldiers go through in times of war. And, and they, they, because they try to make it as real as possible, obviously there is blood and there's gore, there's cussing on the screen. And at one point, Kelly walks into my office and, and the, the characters are talking and, and they are using the F-bomb. They're, they're cussing all the, throughout the game and they're saying, you know, we're going through these situations and F this and F that. And, and, it, and it threw Kelly aback as she walked in. Um, I had become desensitized because obviously it doesn't start off that way. But I had become desensitized to that verbiage because I'm not thinking about what they're saying. I'm thinking about what I'm doing in this video game. And, and Kelly said, you know, maybe you should fast video games. And, and I thought about that. And we began, we began to pray about it. Um, and, and I'm doing that today because it was true. I, I have been playing these video games and allowing these things to just seep into my spirit without recognizing what it's doing to me. Now, let's be clear. I'm not going around dropping the F-bomb myself. I'm not cussing at my coworkers or, or my employees, but, but I do recognize that, that in a sense, it's allowing itself to come into my, my heart, my spirit, and, and not 
letting me be watchful, be mindful, and be sober. It, it is one example that I think many of us go through. The, the more that we allow things into our lives, the more that we open ourselves for the enemy to just begin to pick at it. And that's why those books, as, as Monica mentioned today, Messy Grace can appear in this world. Because, because the enemy doesn't just throw these things at us so overtly that we get thrown aback. It, it's those tiny little things that begin to pick at us um, that we don't even recognize. There's that, that illustration of, of the frog in the kettle. And I'm sure many of you have heard it. It's, it's the concept of if, if you take a frog and you put it in boiling water, it's going to jump out because it knows that it's hot. But if you put a, a, a frog in just normal, tepid water and then slowly turn up the heat, the, the frog will get used to it and stay there and it will eventually die. That is what our spirits go through. It, it's the type of situation that we allow ourselves to go into. And, and this word, be sober, allows us to be mindful of those things. Let's look at the next one. 1 Peter 4, 7. But the end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore sober, sophroneo, and watch, nepho, unto prayer. And above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves. For charity shall cover the multitude of sins. So this is the last word that I want us to look at. And it's, it's that same word that we looked at when we were talking about a sound mind. Notice the, how the Bible switches the words here. Sober is the word sophroneo, and the word watch is that word nepho, the, the one we were talking about having to do with wine. Sophroneo means to be of sound mind, to be in your right mind. It actually comes from a collection of two words. One is sozo, to save, to heal, to preserve, and the other one is friend, the, the feelings or the mind, the, the cognitive understanding. So it literally means to heal the mind, that your mind has to be healed. So the word sophroneo means to heal or to have a healed mind. Let's look at a scripture. Luke chapter 8. And they arrived at the country of the Gadarenes, which is over against Galilee. And when he went forth to land, there met him out of the city a certain man, which had devils long time, and wear no clothes, neither abode in any house but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him. With a loud voice said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, the Son of God most high? I beseech thee, torment me not. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For oftentimes it had caught him, and he was kept bound with chains and in fetters. And he broke the bands and was driven of the devil into the wilderness. And Jesus asked him, saying, What is your name? And he said, Legion, because many devils were entered into him. And they besought him that he would not command them to go out into the deep. And there was there a herd of many swine feeding on the mountain. And they besought him that he would suffer them to enter into them. And he suffered them. And then went the devils out of the man and entered into the swine. And the herd ran violently down a steep place into the lake and were choked. When they that fed them saw what was done, they fled and went and told it in the city and in the country. Then they went out to see what was done and came to Jesus and found the man out of whom the devils were departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Same word, sophroneo. The, the idea that, that the devil had somehow infiltrated this man, had, had consumed him, and brought him to a place where he was the crazy guy, at the tombs, doing crazy things. Nobody went near him. Everybody was afraid of him. Jesus comes, 
delivers him from this demonic influence. And, and so when they come back, they find him in his right mind. They find him healed in his mind of those things that had uh, taken over him. This is really where 2 Timothy 1 comes in, right? We, we read it before. I'm going to read verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Sophronismos. <clears throat> the Lord is doing something unique in this day and age. We've, we've got children, teenagers, that are rising up speaking against climate change. And, and they're, they're trying to change the mind of, of, our, of our government, uh, of the United Nations. Um, we, we've got people that are trying to do good in this world, whatever good they see them doing, trying to do good in this world. But it's interesting having children and, and seeing what they are going to grow up into. Um, I was reading some articles about um, the, the change in media and the way that our children consume it. I have grown up with television, internet, um, mobile phones, the, the access to all these things at the, the tip of our fingers. Um, for my parents, it wasn't that way, right? For them, it was television, radio. They, they didn't have the, the worldwide media that we have now. We, we stream this broadcast here on, uh, we call it a broadcast. It's, it's really not a broadcast, but we stream this information over Facebook to hundreds of people throughout this world. They can watch it at any point in time. They can download it. They can put it on their, on their phones and, and walk around with it and watch it whenever they want, listen to it whenever they want. Uh, our children will start to consume media in a very different way than, than I grew up with, than you grew up with, and, and we are not ready for it. Um, there are applications now on the phone where they're getting micro uh, media. Micromedia are, are, are television shows, if you will, that only last about 30 seconds to a minute. And, and it's, it, it's these types of things, and I'm not going to mention all the apps out there, but you've heard of Snapchat. Uh, you've heard of maybe TikTok. But the children are now watching these things. Teenagers are watching these things, and they're consuming media on a, on a uh, minute-by-minute hour-by-hour basis. When I was growing up, you sat down to watch TV, right? You remember these days. You would sit down, you would, you would record the show, and then you would come together as a family, sit in front of the couch, and you would turn on the TV, and you were watching that program, and you were, you were committed for at least an hour to watch that television show. If it was a comedy, maybe you were committed for 30 minutes, and maybe there were two back-to-back. -back. You watched one for 30, and you watched the other one for 30 minutes, right? It, it became a family event. People would, would congregate around the television. That's how we grew up with media. Children today don't grow up that way. They don't watch television like that. They don't sit, when well, they do sit in front of the TV, but they don't sit anymore in front of the TV, and that becomes their, their consumption of information. They now have it on their phones at the tip of their fingers, and, and they consume it differently. We, we have seen um, the programs coming out of there, and, and I feel like an old man saying this, but they're just trash. It's trash. It, it's it's. I don't know if you've heard about this young lady. She went on to Dr. Phil with her mother. Her mother basically came onto the show to say, hey, my daughter is, is, is reprobate. She's stealing stuff. She's cussing me out. She's mean. Um, she hurts people. And, and Dr. Phil, I want you to do something about it. And, and the show 
was so popular because this young lady was so caustic. She was cussing at the audience. She was telling them, hey, let's go outside and fight. The audience was booing her. It was so bad that Dr. Phil had to have her back because there was so many ratings for that show. Everybody wanted to see this caustic young lady. And, and so he brought her back, but he brought her back with no studio audience. There was no one in the audience because he knew how bad it was going to be. This young lady now makes over a million dollars a month. A million dollars because of her quote-unquote show that she, that she uh, produces through Snapchat. So she's got all these little micro shows that she does. She is just living her best life, living her truth, doing whatever she wants. She's cussing people out. She's, she's doing pranks and all these evil things. She's do, and it, again, it is just trash. I guarantee that my parents, whenever I was growing up, looked at the shows that I was watching and said, wow, that's just trash. I have no doubt. I'm sure that when you were growing up, your parents looked at you and said, why are you listening to that radio program? It's trash. All these things, right? As we grow into generations, we think, wow, the, the next generation, they're, they're just living trash. But let me, let me admit something to you. It's true. When I was growing up, there was a ton of trash on TV that we just allowed to happen. When you were growing up, there was just a ton of stuff that was going on that we just allowed to happen. Our kids are growing up with this trash, and we are just allowing this to happen. We, we don't stop them anymore. We don't, we don't discipline them anymore. We don't tell them that this is wrong anymore. We allow it to happen because, because we're just tired or lazy or, or we've got so much going on. I'll, I'll tell you this. I'll admit this freely, and I'm, and I'm sorry. I will come home from a hard day's work, we'll cook dinner, and, and I will, I'll sit at the table while I'm eating my meal and, and just veg. I'll just sit there and just allow the day to just wash off me. And the girls, they'll eat their dinner, they'll watch TV, and then they'll go and play. We, we don't really like for them to watch TV. We prefer for them to just be creative. And, and so they have latched on to that. And what they love to do is play with scissors and play with tape. And so they'll take papers, construction paper, whatever, and they'll just cut it up and they'll make little figurines. They'll take tape and just start taping all these things. They love to be creative. We love for them to be creative. But, but Kelly and I are just so tired. We'll talk, you know, during that dinner time. I'll be at the dinner table. She'll be sitting there with me. We'll talk about our days. We'll just kind of sit there and relax. And the next thing you know, it's time for bed and we'll look and there's just trash everywhere, everywhere. And I'll tell you why. It's because at no point in time did we stop, look to see what they were doing, and think, hmm, should we be letting them cut up all these little tiny pieces of paper and letting them fall to the floor? You know what they love to do? They love to yell and say, I don't like to clean. Well, who likes to clean? Raise your hand if you like to clean. Nobody's going to raise. Oh, it's over there. There's some. Come to my house after the girls have made a mess. The girls keep telling us, we don't want to clean. And we're constantly fighting with them, telling, look, if you don't like to clean, then don't make a mess, right? Logic. Kids don't run on logic. But we tell them, look, if you don't like to clean, then don't make the mess. And so they'll fight us, and then we'll yell at them, they'll yell at us, and it becomes this big battle. Of we'll finally send them to bed, and then Kelly and I are stuck there having to clean the house and the mess that they made. Um, I, I tend to be a clean individual. I don't like a whole lot of clutter. Uh, so most of the mess is not mine, and I complain about it all the time. 
hey, I didn't make this mess. Why do I have to clean it up? They don't seem to care about that. It's what it is. But it's because we're not watching. We're not mindful of the things that they're doing. I guarantee that if I was sitting there playing with them, that during the time that they're playing, I could say, hey, okay, you just made a, a, a small mess. Let's clean up that small mess before it becomes a bigger mess. This is the world we live in today. Our, our, our government is like this. Our, our world is like this. We have let things happen because we have not been mindful, sober, vigilant, watching. And, and I truly feel, and I, again, I, I'm very thankful for that testimony this morning, because I truly feel that it's something that the Lord wants us as saints to do all the time. And that's to be watchful, to be mindful, to be vigilant, to, to make sure that the things that are going on around us are the godly things that should be going on in our lives. You know, it's interesting because we, we go around and, and we use that scripture of, of, of be all things to all people that I might reach some. And, and we say that gives me license to go and do whatever I want and, and however they're doing it. But, but the world isn't attracted to the, the sameness. It's, a, it's attracted to difference. We, we will not reach people by being the same as everybody else. We're going to be attracting them. We're going to reach them by being different. And yes, it will offend some people. I know that's, that's what was going through your mind, Monica, as you're, as you're doing this. I, I want to be a part of what these ladies are doing. I want to minister to them and with them. I want to be in a place that, that allows this, this camaraderie and this family unit to begin to grow together. And if I push back and if I say, hey, that's not right, they may say, oh, well, you know what? Why don't you go over there and do your thing? We're going to do our thing. And now guess what? I'm, I'm separated. I'm segregated. I'm away from all these things that I, where I could be a, a benefit to them and, and them be a benefit to me. It, it's scary. But, but I'm so thankful that the Lord gave you the strength to stand and, and to do what he has called you to do. And, it, and that's really what this message is about is we need to be mindful. We need to watch. We need to be sober. And, and we need to be, be ready to be ostracized, to, to be pushed back on. We need to be ready to be separate. Be holy as he is holy. Be set apart as God is set apart. That is what this is talking about. That is what we need to be. And, and so I, sometimes, again, I feel like I'm preaching to the choir, but, but, but it's a message that I know the Lord wants to bring to us because I guarantee I am going to be in this situation very soon. You are going to be in this situation very soon. Are you going to watch and be sober and be vigilant and be in prayer? Are, are we going to rise up to the things that God has called us to do? Or are we going to sit back and let this world create the mess that it's creating and, and not notice? We need to be watchful. It, it, I'm glad that today is communion. We're going to do things a little bit differently today for, for communion. So I'm ending my message. Uh, and I would like everybody, if you will, to stand with me. Today for communion, um, I feel like we need to do this together. Uh, many times we go and, and, and we, you know, sit off on our own and, and we just commune with the Lord. And that's, that's great and that's fine. We'll, we'll probably do that the next time as well. But, but today, I feel like we need to commit ourselves to being watchful, to, to being sober, to being of sound mind, and, and commit to the Lord that we will be what he has called us to be. So what I'd like for you to do is um, I want you to come 
Go ahead and gather the elements, and I want you to stay right here at the front. So go ahead, come on up, gather your elements, and let's stay up here at the front. We're going to partake of this together. I should probably grab one for myself. Communion is most certainly a time for you to reflect on your life, to reflect on what the Lord is doing inside of you, to commune with the Father, with Jesus, and, and to just prepare your life for whatever it is that's coming next. I, I feel like today we're going to do this as, as a unit, as a family. We're going to partake together and, and we're going to commit to the Lord that, that as our teams are in Brazil, as, as they're traveling, as, as ministry is going on elsewhere, that, that we will continue to be in intercession. We are going to continue to be uh, mindful of the things that are going on in the spirit and in this world. We're going to watch. We're going to pray. We're going to prepare for the Lord to come in this place and, and just invite him to take over whatever it is that he hasn't taken over already. We, we commit ourselves to him and his ways. I'd like for you to take your, your bread Go ahead and partake of it. Father, we thank you for the sacrifice of your son, for his broken body that was broken for us. Jesus, we thank you for your sacrifice, for you taking upon our sin for yourself, for freeing us from the sickness of death. Jesus, we just commit to you that as you have been interceding on our behalf, that we will watch and pray. That as difficult as it is to, to be awake in these times, Lord, as, as was the case in Gethsemane, we just want to be with you. We commit ourselves to you. We commit ourselves to watch for that hour to you and beyond. And Lord, as we partake of this grape juice, this wine, this blood, that you will cleanse us with your hyssop, that you will sprinkle us with your blood, that you will, from the inside out, begin to, to wash us white as snow. Lord, we thank you for your blood that was spilled for us. Uh, as in the Old Testament, that as, it, as it was sprinkled on the sacrifice to show um, your, your cleansing power, Lord, as the, as the incense, the smoke rises up into your nostrils, Lord, we just pray your cleansing to come upon us. And, and again, we commit ourselves to you to be mindful, to be sober from this wine, to be sober uh, of the things that are happening. Lord, we, we commit to... Um, cleansing our mind, our eyes, our ears, as, as Brother Dennis spoke about in, in the seminar. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Lord, we just commit to you 
a soberness and a vigilance in our lives. We thank you. We love you when we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you haven't partaken, please partake. I want to thank you all for being here uh, again this morning. Tonight, as we come to pray, let, let us be mindful of, of where our spirits are. Don't let this just be a time of, okay, the people are gone. I'm just going to come and pray. Let it be a time of people are gone. I'm going to come up here, and I'm going to pray, and I'm going to intercede on their behalf and make sure that the kingdom of God is, is being pressed forth where it needs to go. Um, we, we commit to that to our Lord. Thank you again. We will see you tonight. God bless you. Have a great afternoon.